Welcome to another episode of the Next Up Podcast. In this episode, I had the chance to connect with Shaney Hall, who's the General Manager of Student Nutrition Services at Hillsborough County Schools in Florida, Lori Drent, the Director of Food Services at Hernando County Schools, which is also in Florida, Connor Doyle, Marketing Manager at AmTab, and Steve Samacanu, General Manager at AmTab. We spoke about increasing student engagement and participation, the importance of hospitality in this post-COVID age, and the work Connor and Steve are doing through AmTab to create modern, popular, and fun food courts and learning environments. Stay tuned to this episode to learn more. So welcome to another episode of the Next Up Podcast. I'm joined today with four special people, and we're just, just going to go around the table and get some uh, introductions. So Shaney, do you want to go first? Sure. I'm Shaney Hall. I'm the General Manager of Student Nutrition Services in Hillsborough County, Florida, here in Tampa. We have 240 sites, about 200,000 students. Um, right now, we're about 75% CEP and 25%. That's just regular paid, free, or reduced. Um, our participation is about 67%. And... Um, and we also have several other programs like dinner and Head Start and all sorts of other things going on. Wow, you seem like you stay pretty busy, huh? <laughs> yes, definitely right. not bored. All right, Lori. Hi, my name is Lori Drenth, and I am the Director of Food Services in the Hernando County School District, which is just kind of a neighbor to the north of Shaney here. And we have um, about 24,000 students, um, 23 school sites, and... Um, I've been there for 18 years now, so that's kind of crazy. But uh, and then we are also we're we're 100% CEP, so we feed every child at no cost every day, and we like Shaney have uh, supper, snack programs, summer feeding programs, and all those kinds of good things. So for the listeners out there that don't know what CEP is, do you guys want to break that down real quick for them? Sure. So CEP is Community Eligibility Provision, and it's a provision that allows us to feed all students in a, in a school who are enrolled in a school for free if the enrollment meets a certain percentage of need. So a certain percentage of students are qualified for other benefits, such as SNAP or TANF, then they would qualify for CEP. And it's really been a nice thing for Hillsborough. We never had CEP prior to this year, but because we were able to feed all students at no cost for the previous two years due to COVID waivers, it was a really nice thing um, given that everybody's still dealing with a lot of the turmoil from, yeah. from COVID. So Lori, were you guys always CEP? We started on CEP um, partially in the 15-16 school year and then the 16-17 uh, school year moved to full CEP. So for us, CEP, I got to tell you, was a blessing over COVID because we just kept sailing right on through with no hiccups. So um, CEP actually has been worked out really well for us. And my intent is to continue it as long as I'm there. So are you saying that having CEP schools actually helped increase your participation? Oh, for me, for for our school district, absolutely, without question. I mean, we still have a, a lot of work to do there. Um, you know, I'm always uh, question my managers. Um, you know, it's a problem when we can't give away our food for free. Why is that? Um, and we need to explore that. Now, there's obviously 
many different reasons for that. But, you know, the, we need to be asking those questions day in and day out about why our students not participating. But for us, absolutely. Our breakfast numbers, we have some schools that have um, as many as much breakfast participation as, as we do lunch participation, which is like completely unheard of. Yeah. So but, that's awesome. Yeah. Congrats. Yeah. Thanks. Well, talking about increasing participation, we have two gentlemen from AMTAB here. So Connor, you want to go ahead and give us a quick intro? Sure. Hi, I'm Connor Doyle, I'm the marketing manager at AMTAB. Uh, we help create modern popcorn fun food courts designed to help increase student participation in, in overall excitement in the space. Awesome. And Steve. Hi, Marlon. I'm Steve Savin general manager at AMTAB. We design, manufacture, and furnish uh, K through 12 dining commons and food courts. So, Steve, real we're, quick, we're, we're neighbors further to the north. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit, <laughs> Chicago. <laughs> a little further, further north. <laughs> so, real quick, give me the AmTab origin story. Sure. Uh, AmTab started in 1958. It's a family-owned business, and uh, we've been growing ever since then. My dad uh, bought AmTab in the early 2000s. Um, he first came here um, in 1971 as an immigrant and started and worked himself up and learned the business and um, continued working hard. And here we are today, 100% um, made in the USA, um, take a lot of pride in our workmanship and uh, continue to build another team and our partnerships. Cool, I love it. So Lori, I have to ask you, um, what was your experience being at AMTAB's facility when you came up there for the last AMTAB symposium with us? Well, I mean, I'll be honest with you, I didn't really know what to expect. So that's always good to go in with no expectations. I was just like, and, Lori, hop on a plane. Let's yeah, go. I'm like, Let's go. <laughs> I'm like, I'm all for it. And so, um, but I was, I, I mean, I was really impressed. I mean, again, right there on site, you have everything from the, um, the fabric, well, not necessarily the metal fabrication, but the fabricating of the metal into, um, you know, the base of the table with um, the automated um, welders and the, uh, the human welders as well there on site along with the... Uh, well, yes, they do have robots. Yes, <laughs> they I, I do have robots. Really cool. <laughs> and and um, so, and then all, you know, even just from the, um, the large areas where they do the painting and the, the coating and everything to write, I mean, again, all of this is right there in house with the uh, graphic designers and their, uh, um, printers and all of the different things that they have just to see all of that right there under one roof uh, was kind of amazing. I don't ever think of manufacturing of tables in that kind of scope, but to go there and see, well, not only tables, but even the graphic design and those yeah. kinds of things, see it all under one roof. It, it kind of like thinking about manufacturing tables seems simple yeah, until right. you go to AmTab and you see how complicated it really yes. is and how much care they put into it so i totally get I it i don't like school food yes yeah. like school food <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> yes. so let's talk about school food so shaney what are some of the things that um you found uh help you and your program increase uh adp like what what's the thing that's bringing kids into your in, into your serving spaces well i would say i first have to say you know when i i came into this role right before COVID started, there were a number of us directors who were just getting the jobs right before, had no idea what was coming. Where were you before? Um, well, prior to being in that job, I had just joined Hillsborough Counties as the trainer, but um, I came from Georgia Department of Education, so I was working at the state agency in Atlanta, and prior to that, I was with Cobb County Schools in Atlanta as well. And I mentioned that 
meaning stepping in before COVID because since I've been in this role, we've had a lot of challenges. And even with the USDA waivers, which allowed all districts to feed students for free for two years, we had so many challenges with food service in general because first, everybody was masked, right? So we had to wear masks. Everything had to be um, packaged. We couldn't showcase our food on the line like we could previously. And there were so many problems with just doing food service in a safe way that just getting the kids fed was the main goal. Um, then things changed again, and we had supply chain issues, particularly this past year, has been extremely challenging. So now we have the kids back. We have most of our kids eating free, all good. We have, we're very short-staffed. So we didn't have the menu offerings. And then we had menu offerings, but we couldn't get the food in. So it's it really has been challenge after challenge after challenge. So I guess I'd say for what previously would have brought the kids in, meaning a really beautiful serving line with well-prepared foods, lots of color and texture, a nice experience, all of those have been taken away. So we're kind of starting from scratch. Because at this point, I'm focusing now on teaching my people to smile again. Because mm. first of all, I didn't have staff. And then when I had them, it's a whole new crop of people. And customer service is different. Um, the customer is different. The kids are different. And our staff is different. And so now I, I think that the core problem for us really is focusing on the smile at the line. And after that, it really does go back to those basic things like how does the food look on the line but another challenge i'm finding is that our new crop of staff members now need to know what that child is seeing on their side of the serving line crossing the serving line and seeing the cafeteria and the line from a student's perspective yeah that's huge it's huge and it's something that even people that have been in school nutrition a long time like i have been we I don't think are thinking of it as much anymore because there are so many other challenges we're thinking of first. But it's so important because if you go behind a line at an elementary school, for example, and you either yourself, you know, take yourself down to a student's height or you take a phone and you go through the line and you see what they're seeing, it's, it's really shocking to show that or to have somebody at one of our schools do that because what we think looks good oftentimes is not even what the student's seeing. They may see, you know, we have a beautiful menu, but it's not in their view. So uh, an adult would see a menu, but a kid would just see perhaps, you know, pans, hotel pans that aren't stacked in a neat way where they can see the food. Yeah. So, you know, I think for me, what, what brings them in for us is the experience, and it has to be because we haven't been able to get the food yet, but it's just starting to come back. Um, but that's really, I think, where my goal is going forward. And I got to tell you, I, I'm so surprised that people aren't smiling, and I don't know if it's because we were masked for so long or if life is just harder and people aren't yeah. as friendly, but it is such a hard concept to teach new staff members how important a smile is to a child. Smiles are definitely important, but what blows my mind the most is when I visit a school 
and the lady, the uh, professional running the cashier, the POS, knows the student's name, first and last name. I'm like, how in the world are you remembering all of these kids' names? And I remember um, it was my first time visiting my elementary school when I took the job at Pasco County. So I was working for food service at Pasco in the IT side. And I went back to my school. I was like, I got to go to my elementary school to check it out, right? Because I haven't been there in who, who knows how long, 20, 30 years. And one of the workers there had become the manager, and she remembered me from when I was a kid. How crazy is that? And I wasn't like a, a really, I wasn't a bad kid. I wasn't a really good kid. I was just the quiet kid in the corner. But she remembered my name, and it blew my mind. And I see it happening all the time. And it's just, it's, it's uh, important to notate how much of an effect your staff has on these kids' daily lives. I mean, that smile might be the only smile they see all day, you know? So, but um, you mentioned the experience. So, Lori, what are you doing to create a positive experience or enticing experience in your lunchrooms? Well, actually, this year, um, we have much to, to what Shaney is saying. We, when we came back from COVID, I just felt like, you know, the, the employees and the managers were just, um, you know, just having problems finding that pride and that rhythm to the day of, you know, daily tasks that they needed to do. So we really took on a, um, a social marketing kind of, uh, you know, just all encompassing social marketing. Let's just put it out there. We need to show people what we're doing. And it really, really helped our staff and our managers when they saw their photos and their tray of the day or their tray of the week on social media. Not only did we have the public commenting on it, but also just our staff just really starting to take pride in, look, you know, this is our serving line that we serve students at today. And, you know, even parents will be like, well, that's not what my kid says at that school. And we're like, yep, but that's the pictures from your school, you know? So, and we've just organically grown our Facebook following. So we're on Facebook, we're on Instagram, we're on Twitter, we're on TikTok, you name it, we're on it. And so this year, you know, we really focused on the parents and the public, the community, but this year we're going to the students. That could be a little scary but we're going to go there. We're going there. We're going feet first in there to see what that's going to be like. So that yeah. should be interesting. So I noticed you guys actually brand your program too. We do. Has that been, been beneficial to you? Yeah, we, um, we just felt like we needed to have a, a story that was um, just fresh and vibrant. And so we felt like branding our concept would just bring that air of what um, students see when they go to restaurants and and those types of things. And I know a lot of, we have some school districts in Florida who've done that very successfully and we're all about taking other people's ideas and implementing and in, 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 our, in, our, in our in our small school district but um yeah so we've just really embraced that branded uh concept and um you know it's the 180 cafe using some bright colors and school kids are in school for 180 days and you know we're talking about you know switching up you know school food service that 180 degree turnaround and we're gonna we're gonna change it up a little bit so it's kind of got that uh 
you know, double meaning, I, meaning there. So. I love it. I was talking to um, a dear friend of mine, Joe Urban, a long time ago, and he was kind of schooling me on how and why he does what he does. And he was like, I'm on social media because I want to control the, I want to control my story. Right. I don't want other people telling my story about my district or about the food that we serve or school nutrition as a whole. He was like, I'm going to post pictures of smiling kids eating delicious, healthy, nutritious food all the time because that's what they do in school nutrition. And people need to be aware of that. Well, you and I have had that conversation about Joe Urban and really pushing the envelope with uh, social media. And I got to tell you, I took a page, you know, again, I'm like, he's doing it. He's doing it successfully. We can make this happen. And I was committed to it. And I, I brought on a marketing person and I'm like, this is what I want to have happen. And I feel like we've done a, a really good job. And I feel like it's also, like I said, really helped our employees and our managers as well, just kind of get behind of, mm-hmm. I'm proud of the things that I do and I'm proud of what we present to students. Is it perfection? No, but I always say it's progress. Yeah. It's progress, not perfection. Small so. steps in the right direction. That's right. I, That's think, I think it also builds a sense of identity and also a sense of community for everyone in, in, in the program staff and students as well so connor you know a thing or two about social media right so why do you think why do you think a lot of programs out there don't get involved with social media is it just because they think that they don't have the time for it they don't know how to do it uh maybe a combination i think they might not fully see the benefits of that because that's it's social media and marketing is a different world than you know nutrition and stuff like that but when in reality is it kind of, they kind of go hand in hand in sh- sharing your guys' amazing story because, you know, you go on Facebook, you go on Instagram, you see all the delicious school meals that you guys are eating. But if you don't promote that to the parents, to the community, to everyone involved, it kind of goes untold. Um, so I think more just getting the knowledge of social media and the marketing and seeing the benefits, like you just started the push, and I'm sure you've seen the results, the benefits like that. So really taking that leap and really just trying, experimenting with it, I think has a lot of benefits. So how do you guys handle comments from parents? Um, most of the time, um, obviously if they're positive, we're always like, yay, we share, uh, we share, yay we share. us. <laughs> yay us. Um, if they're less than, uh, if they're a little more on the critical side, most of the time we encourage them to reach, if they have specific concerns, to reach out to us or to reach out to that cafeteria manager to discuss them. So we don't really get into a huge thing on uh, on any type of social media per se. It's more of a kind of redirect them to either call into our office so we can talk about their specific concerns or call the cafeteria manager to address those concerns so that we can do something about it. So. Have you guys ever invited a parent to come in and have lunch with you? Absolutely, we do it all the time. Yeah? We do it all the time, yeah. How does that typically turn out, Shaney? Oh, they're... It's never what the kid says it is, right? <laughs> never. It's never what they're told. And, you know, to second what Lori said, yeah, we do use social media as well. And I think our biggest our biggest push is Facebook. That's just typically where the school parents will go. So that's how we can really market to the parents. And to your question about how we respond, we have to respond so fast because if you don't respond, a conversation ensues that you – so you have to really have somebody monitoring it, really. Mm-hmm. Um, but like Lori said, yeah, we try to get that. We try to have a response from our department very quickly so that the other parents know that we're responding to stop the 
the spiral that can happen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Once the spiral starts, you don't know who to respond to because everybody's just joining in. And most uh-huh. of those people, like you said, haven't been to a school cafeteria since they were in one themselves. Yep. So getting, but I, what I do will say about for us, um, social media has gotten us a lot of parental support because they're seeing the pictures that we're posting and they're in more cases than not, they're pleasantly surprised and saying things like, wow, that was not anything like it was when I went to school. And that's exactly what we want. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. So Connor, what do you guys do really to help districts enhance dining experience? So one example to Lori's point about branding is a lot of schools, when, when I was in school, we just had the typical brown oak table with not a lot of color. So um, just not an inviting space. So now what we do is we add, you know, the school logos on some of the tables. We add the school colors to the tables to help make it a more modern, popular, and fun, you know, environment that students want to be a part of. Uh, we just had one project in Kentucky go from 150 students in breakfast to 330, from 410 in lunch to 530. And that's just, obviously, it, go, it goes hand in hand with the delicious foods that you guys are making and then adding, you know, influx of new furniture, a lot of different options. So branding and a lot of colors helps make it a more inviting space for them. Agreed. And so is your goal always to just focus heavily on the brand or do you guys do more like a um, food court style design store? Can you do it all? Do you guys just do it all? Oh, yeah, we, we do it all. Yeah. I mean, we do. We have a team of designers, um, interior and graphic designers that can, you know, design the entire space from the table designs to the, the colors on the tables to the, the shape of the tables to the, you know, the wall designs, the signage. So we really are full service to help create a great experience for the students. So it sounds like a long process, but I'm assuming you guys make it super easy. So have either one of you guys ever went through a similar process in terms of renovating a a cafeteria? Well, I haven't in Hillsborough yet because, as I stated, COVID. Hashtag COVID. (laughs) Yes, we're even just trying to get projects done from four years ago. Um, In previous, my previous work, yes, I have, and it can make such an outstanding difference to the kids. They get so excited Mm. about a... In my in my experience, a current looking um, space to eat that has tables meant for them, whether it's sometimes high tops or booths or um, something that makes them feel like adults. You know, I see that in high schools a lot. But yeah, I've seen a tremendous change in that. How about you, Lori? Well, um, you know, graphics. I mean, for sure, we um, actually um, started some graphic projects. Uh, couple years ago finally got those done we had one high school that we haven't done any graphics with and so we actually just got in touch with AmTab to see hey let's you know let's work with this high school and let's see what we can do Um, because again you know I mean sometimes you don't know what you don't know and going you know even just getting out of my you know food service bubble to go to you know the um, to go to the AmTab uh, uh, factory you know, I was just like, let's let's kind of see how this works. And uh, so we're working with AmTab on uh, some um, graphics, um, you know, painting the whole the whole nine for this for this uh, high school. So that's exciting. Gonna, yeah, we're going to see how that goes. That's cool. So, Steve, whenever you guys go into a school and you're renovating, is it like a week long process or is it like a weekend type of deal? How long does it take to to finally flip a 
a, a serving space. Sure. So usually the painting takes a couple of days, depending on when we're allowed to go in there. We work around student schedules. The kids are at the heart of everything we do. Um, we just want to make it a great environment for them. So we'll work around there. And then we wait a couple of weeks after that and then go install the signage, graphics, decor. And then the furniture is usually the easy part comes in at the end. Do you guys ever do like big reveals of your new spaces whenever they're done? We have had uh, some conversations about the look on the kids' faces when they yeah. come in. And nowadays, you know, talking about social media, the kids also, you know, Facebook post and, and, and do things of that nature, tweet or, yeah. or whatnot. They share the message as well. But uh, we had one parent came up to me at a conference we were at and said, are you, are, are you guys AmTab? Did you guys do the... the the cafeteria spaces, the dining commons at, you know, so-and-so school. And, and I said, yes, we did. And she said her daughter loves it. And so I couldn't believe it. a parent was coming back. She she worked for the district as well and came in and said hi and just wanted to give us a shout out. But that was, that was cool. So the kids are at the heart of everything we do, just trying to make a nice environment for them to want to be in. Yeah, because, I mean, you guys are competing with restaurants, right? So not only does your food have to be spot on, but your serving spaces do as well. And it sounds like you guys do a pretty good job um, making that happen. Yeah, I mean, the same way that we all have our favorite restaurant that we like to go to, but we don't like to go there every single day, right? Sometimes we want to go different cuisines. So adding, creating an, an environment in your school with different type of tables, high top tables, different uh, colors, it kind of gives that a new environment every time they step in. So that's to the point of creating a new restaurant type feel for them. So what types of tables do you guys have? We have we have high, you know high top tables. We have wave tables. We have stool tables, mobile folding booth tables. Um, we really just have really any any kind of table design that you want. We're, we're able to you know deliver to the district. We try to add a lot of logos and different colors. We also try to add different seating heights. So sometimes there's high tops and low tops, and then we also try to add in different seating concepts. So you have the stools, you have some soft seating, some pods, maybe even a senior lounge, because those are usually the, the guys going off campus a little bit more. So we try to really work hand in hand with our school district partners to kind of get an idea of what they would like to do with the space. Sometimes school districts will say, hey, we do wrestling practice in here. Can you make it a little bit more modular? And with, with all the elements in the design process, we try to put together a, basically a modern, popular, and fun environment. And our goal is try to get the kids to eat and love, love their time there, not just for food, but also to socialize. We talk a lot about social emotional learning and things of that nature. We try to incorporate those elements as well. Um, just give them some downtime to refresh and re-energize. But here's the big question. Can I charge my phone at my table? Yes. More so now than ever. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> we do have charging stations and a lot of the, a lot of the school districts, if there's a little older infrastructure, we'll put charging stations around the wall because that's where the outlets will come. But some of the newer construction, the new builds, they have pods in, in, inside the flooring, which is more than the modern or the newer construction side. So yes, yes to both answers. And we're seeing more of that for sure. Awesome. So let's talk about food, right? Um, Shaney, what are some of the more trending uh, recipes that you're seeing out there within your district? Well, we are actually going to be unveiling a new menu for next year. I'm very excited about it. We have been working on it for a while and waiting through the supply chain issues that we both have been dealing with now for a couple of years. And um, in Hillsboro, we have a very high Hispanic population. And so we are going to be adding a lot more um, 
Hispanic dishes or Hispanic cultural dishes. Plant-based has been something that's been um, trending as well. And so not just focusing on vegetarian, which we've always had a vegetarian choice, but a plant-based um, option mm -hmm. on certain days of the week. And we're also going to start going back to some tried and true things that we've done in the past, like theme days. And that's been something we haven't been able to do, but the kids get real excited about. So this year we kind of just finishing up the whole like supply chain, the regular, <laughs> I know I keep saying it, but it's really been it's a like, big deal. Um, it has really been a weight on us just yeah. not being able to explore things, but I'm really excited about bringing back some some favorites, but also um, really expanding our menu in ways that we haven't done before because our, and probably all of Florida, our, dy our dynamics are changing. They're not the same. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, it's, it's one thing to think that all kids like the same foods, which I think was true for a good long time. You could always count on your, your star items, but, but now I think we have a new population and, and um, we need to we need to step up and have things that for them as well. Yeah, I feel like children's palates have definitely changed <laughs> over Absolutely. over time. Absolutely. Yeah, they have, and and we haven't been able to keep up just because we haven't gotten the product, but or the staff. <laughs> <laughs> now we're hoping to have product and staff, so we can, <laughs> we can do both of those Fingers things. Fingers crossed. Yeah. Fingers crossed. Mm -hmm. So I'm, I'm curious. You mentioned more plant-based stuff. Mm -hmm. So what has the student response been with the testing that you've done with those items? Like, are kids more open to eating plant-based products now? Definitely more open than. I've seen in the past. Okay. There is definitely a concern for the environment mm -hmm. in younger people. And where typically we would have seen that, like say 10 years ago, you'd see that in a high school population where they were worried about the carbon footprint or, you know, wanting to choose more um, vegetables mm -hmm. where you didn't see that in younger grades. But we're even getting those requests at elementary school and we used wow. to get them from parents only but no now we're getting it from kids yeah. so i think as those kids from 10 years ago are now adults and they're having kids of their own i think that you know kids are growing up with a different expectation they are asking for things like hummus and vegetable burgers and you know, items that are vegetarian but don't have cheese because they want to avoid cheese. So I do think that, you know, there's definitely a market in that way, which kind of ties into to the global more um, ethnic dishes. A lot of those ethnic dishes are made with beans and lentils and things that so kind of works into what we were wanting to do anyway. Mm -hmm. But definitely seeing more acceptance of those items that were kind of just for a small population before, and now more kids are opening up to them. I'm trying to think about think back when I was in elementary, middle, and high school. Like we didn't care about anything plant based or the environment or anything. I just wanted my cheese pizza, <laughs> which is exactly what I meant. That's, 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 that's all I wanted. Thing, right? Yeah, the pizza, the burgers, you know, the the tried and trues. That if yeah. you had that on the menu, you know, most people were happy. But, but not anymore. Know. Yeah. Not anymore. Not Times have changed. Mm -hmm. So, Lori, I know I've actually been to your district when you've offered some LTOs. So what are some of the more popular dishes that you guys serve? Uh, well, you know, we've actually uh, done kind of foray into the scratch cooking. So this year we did a homemade enchilada and that has gone over really well, surprisingly well. Where was my invite for that day? Yeah, right. <laughs> um, we actually, you know, we had on uh, a chicken pot pie, we had on a meatloaf. So going more back to those 
home, you know, home style type items. But the other thing that we're kind of doing kind of to Shaney's point um, that we're kind of, again, going to wade into, we did a little bit this year, um, not quite as successfully, but we're going to keep on, keep at it is um, some, what we call like just a pop-up menu. And so, you know, cause again, you know, 180 days, it's not a restaurant. We can't change the menu every single day. So when we do pop-ups, we can introduce something at a school or just bring it for that day and let kids uh, try it. Um, and, and I know, you know, we'll go back to Joe Urban. He does a really good job at his pop-ups, but like we want to try like a build your own poke bowl and, uh, Ooh, you know, some of, those, some of those things that are, you know, some people may be like, what is that? Um, <laughs> but, you know, even if it's just like a barbecue or something along those lines with uh, just bringing just a different element that kind of is surprising. And so they're like, hey, let's go try this out today. So, and you know, and it's just, again, about trying to keep it fresh and trying to keep it exciting without us killing our staff or the people in the district office that make the menus. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah. So what are some things that you guys both do to empower your managers to make sure like if they're taking a picture that's going to be shared through social media, like to make it look good appetizing? Because you, you can have a delicious dish that tastes amazing and may look amazing, but when you take the picture, not so much. So do you guys have an approval process set up? Yeah, you're shaking your head. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, you know, they actually any picture is funneled through our marketing person and the marketing person is the one who develops the content that goes on to any website, whether it's TikTok or Facebook or any of those kinds of things. We do have a separate um, Facebook page that we allow managers to share freely in this Facebook page, but it's not necessarily public. Oh, we, it's a private we, group. Yeah, it's a private group. And so so they can share those types of things in there and talk about things in there. But what goes on the uh, public facing social media gets funneled through our office. Okay, same thing for you, Shani? Absolutely, the same thing for us. We do provide some education. Uh, Lori probably does too on taking those pictures because the pictures are taken at the site. And it's some of those things like the lighting and where mm -hmm. is the the tray or the plate placed, you yeah. know, um, trying to have a good background, like a tablecloth or even using something that's just a piece of fabric as a tablecloth because putting them on the stainless steel tables doesn't cause this glare. It's all of those things that when you're used to taking pictures you see but can really ruin a photo yeah. because it looks, it just doesn't look like the food that you want it to look. Exactly. You know? And so. it's really not that difficult, right? Like once you know what right. to do, it's not that bad. Exactly. It's not that bad. It's just a few tips on background, lighting, angle, featuring mm -hmm. how you want it placed. But so we do that every year at Back to School as a reminder. But it is the ones that get through that they're the ones who take the best pictures. Yes. Exactly. And we have some who do a fabulous job with it and really work at it and take a lot of pride in it. In fact, most of the managers do do a, a pretty good job at it. And, and again, because they want to be the tray of the week because we do kind of like a tray of the week. So they, they work at it a little bit. Um, so that's nice. Do you see managers almost competing with each other? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. We love a good competition in Hernando County. Oh, I know you do. <laughs> I know you do. So Connor, I kind of feel like we should um, maybe join forces one of these days and teach some food service directors or programs out there how to take food photos. Do you think about that little AMTAB next and collabo? 
educational session maybe at ANC or something. I think that'd be a great idea. I mean, like I said before, the, the amount of qu- high quality food that you guys are producing and the variety deserves its own spotlight. And I think to you guys point, it's the little details of how you take the photo and how you display it as well as the caption when you guys post. It really is when you want to have a united, united messaging and photo and it's, yeah, it's really important. That's the hardest part for me is a caption. Like yeah. what do I, what do I write under this photo? Sometimes you don't need anything. <laughs> Sometimes the food speaks for itself, so you don't even need that's, a caption for that. That's a, that's a very or good a, point. Or a cute little smiling face yeah, exactly. of a student. A little emoji or, or something. Yeah, yeah it does, doesn't have to be crazy. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Um, so you said you're on TikTok. How's that going? It's actually going good. Actually, I was just looking at one of the TikToks, uh, the, a TikTok that um, my marketing person put out yesterday, and it doesn't have anything but food, but it, it just has, it has the words yum, yum, and it just has someone going, yum, 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 yum. <laughs> I'm like, this is so cute. And it's just pictures flipping behind it of, of our food and stuff uh, with our logo and stuff. So, again, it's just fun things like that that, you know, just catch a parent or a student or whoever's attention for, you know, what, five seconds yeah. and they're on to the next one. So it doesn't have to be anything huge or elaborate. It's mm-hmm. just something that's it's content. fun. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So on TikTok, are you seeing more parents or students on that? That's definitely more students. That's okay. definitely the more student uh, student side. Uh, I, w- I won't lie. We don't have a whole lot of TikTok followers, but that's mm-hmm. why I said we are going headlong into that, um, especially at the high school level and really going to promote our social media on uh, TikTok. Okay, assuming that the law that just came out it doesn't uh, interfere with Which that. Which law is this? <laughs> um, so I don't know. It's a TikTok may not be used that way. Yeah, oh, TikTok that may not be used. So, <laughs> okay. you know, okay. like that may stop you. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know how that applies to school food yeah. service or We're school We're just trying district. to feed kids, guys. Come on, right. <laughs> let us post. So there's that. So our, our foray into TikTok may be short-lived. <laughs> we may have to find some other platform, but we'll work uh, through that yeah. as needed. So there's that. Oh, uh, that's funny. So uh, Shaney, in wrapping up, because we're almost at time, if there was any tip that you could give anybody, any other district out there in ways to better engage or entice students to eat what would that be well i think taking it back to the customer service element i mean i love the ideas that Lori presented and and the ideas that amtab has about the the serving lines and the cafeteria and all of that makes such a big impact and it all can be thrown away with a bad experience in the serving line and I have big plans for what I, where I'd like to take it. I, uh, we have failing infrastructure at so many of our schools that need a refresh. And so we're kind of starting at bare bones, which I think is probably true of most large districts, just because of the mm-hmm. challenges with a large district. But I think that anybody can do that. And anybody can focus on looking at what the student sees and then taking the steps to make that a better experience from their level. Yeah. Um, are there grants out there to help you guys renovate cafeterias? Have you guys come across any of those? I'm just curious. What I've seen um, have been grants for equipment. Mm-hmm. There are definitely grants for equipment. Um, and how I've been able to make projects happen in the past has been when we've had excess funds. That's because you do have to pull capital in the district has to be part of the process because of what federal funds can mm-hmm. purchase. But um, 
there probably are grant opportunities that I'm not aware of. And certainly it, there's data out there about how important it is and the impact it makes. One thing, and I, I don't want to go too far down this hole, but one thing we're seeing in Hillsborough County, and it's probably at other districts as well, is they're cutting the lunch periods because yeah, of the learning loss. Me. Well, it's because of the learning loss. Because I've talked to administrators, and you know, I was trying to explain why they were doing that, and it does seem to be something that's out of their control because the COVID learning loss has been something that they just simply can't catch up. And with cutting serving times, that's making it very challenging to feed kids. And kids see long lines and they don't want to wait in them. Um, there, I would think that there would be data about some of these renovations and the impact to quicker serving periods or getting kids through faster that may help districts look at it as an option. Because sometimes with when you're a director and you're saying, okay, there's so much I want to fix here. I've got some critical pieces of equipment that I can't function without, mm -hmm. like cooler freezers, serving lines, things like that. But if I need a serving line and there's a way that I can tie it in with a cafeteria refresh that will help me serve kids faster and there's data support that, I think that um, that would be a win-win for everybody. Do you think there'll ever be a time, this may be one of my stupid ideas, but would it be possible to turn cafeteria serving times into educational time if you guys were to offer educational content during lunch sessions? Is that doable, potentially? I don't know. Ooh. What, like algebra class? Well, not algebra, maybe like nutrition education. Oh. Like, would that then help you guys qualify to extend lunch periods because 15 minutes of lunch is actually going to be educational content. I don't know. It's just a wild idea. explore that one more. <laughs> <laughs> Lori's like, no, it's not going to happen. The noise. The noise is what gets me. I'm like, the noise in cafeterias. I don't know. But, but a good idea, Marlon. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I'm just going to shut up now. No, you throw them out there and you see what sticks. Right? Tra traffic flow efficiency is definitely something to take a look at. Is how long does it take a kid to go through the line and eat? If, if they're shortening periods and so forth. I mean, number one complaint, you know, from at least my wife sometimes is kids aren't eating their lunches. And so if they're shortening the times and the line's still long. So definitely things to take, in, take into account and look at when refreshing or modernizing or even just building out these spaces or can we adjust some things that we already have to help the kids, you know, get through those lines faster and, and sit down and have a meal. So what would your tip be then? Like, what would you tell districts to do? Well, for exist a lot of school districts, especially the larger ones, they already have their buildings already set. So it's it's really the microenvironment, taking a look at the microenvironment, seeing what we can do within there. Each school is different. For the new builds, we just have to get the brands out in terms of school nutrition, and say, hey, this is a this is an important piece of of the community. Uh, for the new construction side of things, is is let's let's have a seat at the table, if you will, to share our messaging, the kids need to eat, they need to get to the line faster, we need an adequate amount of time to eat our meals and socialize. I think those are things that we need to uh, continue speaking about. Um, in terms of the existing infrastructure, those are things that we have to work hand in hand with each school um, at the actual school level to understand what we can do. And this is something we actually look at in our design intake process is can we make the lines or the aisles this way or that way to kind of increase that time for the kids. 
So uh, school, each school on, a, on an individual basis is how we address that. Cool. All right, Lori, you're up. What's your hot tip? <laughs> like Shaney said, there's, there's just so many. Um, I, I mean, I think Shaney hit the nail on the head. I mean, in, in a nutshell, I mean, customer service and food quality. I mean, those are two things um, that just you know, are always going to make a difference, you know, for the child deciding, do I, do I want to go and stand in that line? Do I want to deal with that person at the POS? Do I want to deal with the person who's serving me food? So I, I agree. I mean, and, and the food quality, customer service, I think hands down, those are going to be the two main things of um, whether students are going to participate or not and whether they're going to come back. Yeah, so. true. So Connor, how can you um, encourage students to come back by utilizing social media in a school district? Definitely encourage, you know, them to post about it on, you know, Instagram, on social media about their experience, have them, you know, share the diff the trays, with, with whatever they're eating with their, their friends and their community. And then by doing that, you're brought, you're your, your reach and audience is, is, is growing as soon as they post it on social media and then all their friends, their family see that and they're able to see the great work that you're doing. And then by doing that, you might be able to get more students to participate because, hey, my friend is posting this. This looks great. Maybe I'll, I'll give this a chance. And then as soon as they give them a chance, then you have them. So it starts with social media. So you guys have a pretty decent following. And if we're looking at like the overall picture of school nutrition as a whole, if you guys had districts that were sending you all the cool things that they're doing, would you be willing to reshare? Oh, 100%. I mean, I like I said, I, face, I live on the Facebook groups for school nutrition on Instagram, and I see all the amazing stuff that you guys are sharing and cooking. So yeah, we would love to, any way that we can help promote all the great work that you guys are doing uh, would, would be amazing because at the end of the day, we are designing spaces for the students and we're working with, you know, school nutrition directors and staff like you guys to help create a great experience for the students. So I have to ask you, what is your favorite Facebook group? favorite that school nutrition collaborative That's obviously obviously <laughs> obviously <laughs> hey, come on you. come on well everybody thank you so much for hanging out with me today um i feel like we probably should have talked for another two hours but unfortunately i know you guys have very important jobs to get back to so maybe we do a part two one of these days but seriously thanks for coming and hanging out with us and chatting with me on the next up podcast thank you for having <laughs> thank you Produced by NextGen Network.